Mikhail, thanks so much for taking the time out to come join us on Reflexion, the very first episode of the relaunch. Of course, of course, happy to be here. We wanted to really kick off with something that would be really interesting and really close to the Haitian population and Haitian culture, and that's music. You're obviously the most fitting first guest, first uh, star to have on the on the Reflection podcast. And what better subject than to talk about music when we talk about Haitian culture? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, I think it's it's intertwined. You can't have one without the other. Absolutely. Your experience in music and when you decided to pursue music, you were very passionate about that decision. Can you tell us a bit more about why you made that decision? My career path was really interesting because originally I was at school for medicine, so I wanted to be a pediatrician and I was a biology major in college. Music was always something I did as a hobby, but never really as a career. I never thought it would be a career at least. Around my freshman year, I started sharing stuff online, which ended up getting pretty popular and led to me having the opportunity to release music with a lot of really big artists and even get to tour a bit. And so at that point, freshman, sophomore year of college, it it started becoming a reality that, hey, this, this thing that was a hobby could be a real career. At one point, it was a bit difficult because I felt like I would give up my medical career, which at the time was like what I had wanted to do basically my entire life. But then as I started really thinking more about it, I realized that what I wanted to do as a doctor, which was to give back to my community and to hopefully make people feel good, like at a, at a very fundamental level, music did the same for me and did the same for so many people. I love how you mentioned that it's the music really brings people together and that you can use music to build a community as well. There's so many moving parts and there's so many people involved in the creation and the sharing of music as well. It's almost like music is a form of communication, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, it. it some people say music is a language. I think that it, it's really like one of the purest forms of expression that I can think of. Like art in general allows you to just put things into into like creation that doesn't necessarily have to be like tangible. In that process of creation, you're also creating the mood and like the atmosphere. And some songs make you happy, some songs make you sad, some songs make you want to go out and party, some songs just make you want to stay home and do nothing. And I think that, I think that it's, it's partially like in the process of creation, you might have that in mind. Um, other times it'll just come up like coincidentally, like you're creating something that happens to like connect with people on a wavelength that you aren't imagining. You know, I think like what's cool about music is just the marrying of the lyrics, but also the, the beat, the rhythm, the actual music. One of your biggest tracks, Mikael, um, Gaia. The music in that, in that song is so powerful. Mm-hmm. The beat, the drums, the melody, but also if you listen to the lyrics, it's a very patriotic song it's a very sort of it, it has a it's poetic how are you able in your music to connect the two one of my favorite things to do is collaborate with other artists in the process of Gaia I got to work with Laku Music who are a really amazing Haitian band and so their dynamic is really interesting and they have a lot of spirituality ingrained in the group but they also have a lot of really great stories to tell some of them are from Jalousie some of them are from Jacmel different parts of the country and different like where where they came from how they grew up did they grow up in Jalousie or did they grow up in like 
city area or like what what type of financial situation were they in and it's just like they have a lot of really great stories that they bring in so with Gaia partially when they when they showed me the idea it was actually like live it was like them playing it on a um, literally singing it and then drumming it with their feet and stuff which was crazy to hear and I just I just like voice noted it but then the other part of them explaining the song to me was actually like the, the poetry behind the song and like the meaning and healing and all of these different like spiritual concepts so trying to take both of those uh, like sources and then merging it into like what I could interpret it as that's what that's what I try to do as a producer and um, collaboration allows you to do that you just get to like share people's stories sounds like in that collaboration it was like everybody that was involved was really tapping into their personal experiences and then bringing it together to create something new with respect to working with a lot of different Haitian artists both diaspora Haitian artists and local Haitian artists You've had the opportunity to work with people that work in Racine, people that work with Compa, people that work with this more modern kind of poppy Haitian vibe. Um, how would you describe the, the, the history of Haitian music and, and how it's changed over time from the, from the earliest roots that where we find kind of like that, those African vibes and those African beats and how those have kind of carried on to, to today and how it's changed as well. I, I think that the history of Haitian music, you can kind of like maybe trace it to the languages. So at the onset of the country, right? Like very beginning, before it was even called Aitsu, 1600s, you had slaves that came from Africa that were brought over by colonization and that whole crazy era of world history. But you had languages that were from those tribes and from those regions. And, and then you had the, the colonizing countries that had their languages, so French, Spanish, um, Portuguese. And so you had a lot of West African um, culture and then a lot of European culture intertwined with the at that time it was the native culture the Taino culture and there were probably other tribes as well the languages they spoke the sounds that they had the, the food that they ate all of that was like merging at that point yeah for hundreds of years so you had in that early age there were a lot more tribal type sounds because a, a, a large part of the population was slaves and so the, the sounds that they were bringing from Africa that they were passing down generation by generation was what you had in the country. But then over time, as Haiti became a free country and then they were able to develop all different types of uh, local cultures, but then also they had a pretty big presence uh, developing internationally in Latin America and in, in the United States, um, South America, all these different places, those cultures were also mixed in. So it, it ended up being kind of like isolated sounds in each of those original um, regions into like one merged sound. And it's through that fusion that you you got genres like jazz and then you got genres like compa and you got genres like rock merged with uh, Racine music in, in the 70s and 80s. And then even further, like in, in the last 20 years, you have like uh, rap creole and rap wadai. And so the merge, you know, the, the fusion just keeps developing and evolving. And There's been a huge difference a night and day difference between let's say 
Rabodai that you find today and old style music like like Tabo Combo or or Caribbean Sextet or any of those other like Magnum Band night and day difference between these two um, popular eras of Haitian music and why do you think that that would be? The medium in which you create in, meaning if you're making a song on a guitar versus a piano versus a synthesizer, you are going to approach it completely differently. And the sounds that come from that are going to change, right? It's like the songs that you're making are going to change. It's partially technology and, and just the way that society has been moving. There is, there's now access to laptops to make music. You would, originally, you would need a studio. and. And if even if you had a studio, you needed a band, right? So you had you had to have four or five people playing, so that you could have a full sounding song. Whereas now, um, you don't. You can actually just do all of it on your computer. And I I think that having one person play all the parts in a song is going to change the way the song sounds. Versus if you have five minds, you know, like thinking about it and approaching it. It's the best time in history to be making art, probably. And for most jobs too, it's probably the best time in history to, to be existing because you have more available to you. You look at history, it's just been waves, especially when you talk about how music is distributed and also like how it's shared. If we go back to like the earliest days, um, the way music was shared was, you know, with the people that were physically close to you. There was no streaming, there was no albums, nothing like that. And then, you know, sort of the next phase would probably be vinyl. Right. You had vinyl and then you had albums. So you had to physically purchase. And then we got into the age of streaming. The most recent, I think, is with COVID and how that's you know shaking up the world is these live performances where artists, you know, they're having virtual concerts. And I know, Michael, you just you just did a, a set with uh, Bacardi. And we're seeing this with a lot of artists where this is, you know, digital performances um, are becoming the norm. Uh, so. How do you think that's going to carry through when COVID is over? I think as with most industries, it's going to change it quite a bit. People really want to go back to live shows. People will eventually. I think live, the live stream part of of life now that's, that's become so popular is just like an additional medium, just like a, a live performance would be or listening to music um, on any platform or you know any of these different types of ways to consume the entertainment the live stream is now another one so even when stuff is back to normal I, I think there's a lot of benefit to doing a live stream in in certain cases also fun fact the first type of like music recreation that existed before even vinyl was actually sheet music you would notate music on a sheet and then sell that and then that that's how music spread first it was on paper <laughs> the original mixtape <laughs> exactly <laughs> you, you want that new mosaic <laughs> because uh, to go with that uh sharing and technology kind of like mindset there's recently been a lot of talk about artist rights in haiti and how it's gotten progressively difficult with new technology being available for streaming and and sharing music without the artists getting paid. Um, can you touch a bit about the importance of having rights protected for artists so that they can make a living and maybe even some tips um, for Haitian artists locally living in Haiti trying to fight for, for their music career? I would say that education is, is number one here, like learning about how the industry functions worldwide, um, 
how it functions in more established societies in terms of like the music culture. Like if you look at what happens in Europe or in the United States or um, Australia or these different places that have like a far evolved business culture around the music, you can really learn about like ways to adapt that in your own region. And of course you have to adjust because every country has their own ways that they work. Some places have copyrights, some places don't. So um, in the case of a Haitian artist, I would say that it's really important to have some type of lawyer or some type of person that can guide you and that you really trust before you sign anything. For myself, when I started in this, I, I really didn't know anything about what I was doing and I was offered contracts left and right and I even signed a few and I, I think that had I known more about what I was signing, I probably wouldn't sign it. I had my experiences and thankfully like nothing that really could ruin me ever happened, but it does happen to, to a lot of people. So I do think like some type of guidance is helpful in the, in the scope of the current world uh, music industry. I think independent music is very interesting right now for, for many artists that are from regions that don't traditionally earn a lot of money locally because it gives you an opportunity to release your music on a worldwide level and not have to be tied down to like a record deal or anything that like could really mess you up financially in the future. Um, and that allows you to really like call the shots about how you want to promote it and how you want to um, create the music and like the costs associated with it. And so it ends up being more responsibility on your shoulders, but it also gives you like way more freedom. And I think with a country like Haiti, we have a lot of examples of artists that have gone into the millions of followers on social uh, media, you know, across the board and then multi-million uh, views and streams on their stuff just with uh, within a few countries, right? So like, it's not even that this is like playing on the radio somewhere in the US. It's like, this is like around the world. It's it's gaining speed and momentum. And a lot of these artists are actually independent, even if it's a indie label, like a Haitian label, that's independent, right? It's not part of the like larger conglomerate media that exists in, in a lot of the world. So I think that's really promising and it actually does earn money. And a big part of understanding how to make business decisions is of you know, analyzing the industry that you're in and understanding like the value of what's a stream worth, right? Like what's what's the cost of doing something? Like how do I budget all these different things? So having having a team is helpful, but you, you don't need a team to learn. And I would really recommend people as much as possible, try and just ask people that they trust and that are knowledgeable in the industry for advice. And I, I try my best to do that with anyone I work with if they ever have questions so that um, they can be more prepared than I was when I started. I, I think how seriously you take business, that's contributed a lot to your success. But I would say another big thing that's contributed to your success is your ability to fuse uh, tradition and also technology and innovation. So paying homage to, you know, the music that's paved the way up until this point, but also bringing in other influences, other uh, whether it's from other genres, whether it's, you know, design from other, you know, other mediums, things like that. What would what would be your advice for artists um, in Haiti to tap into experiences outside of Haiti? Because, I, I mean, I'm sure you can agree, Mikhail and, and Pascal, like the best art is art that taps into other other experiences, other cultures, things like that. How have you been able to do that and how can other artists do that in Haiti? 
I think one of the most important lessons I've learned in terms of creation, since I've been doing this, is you don't necessarily ever have to tell someone else's story. I would actually recommend you don't do that. You should probably just focus on yourself and about the stories and the experiences that you've had so that you can draw from that, right? And and I build off of that because it, that passion and that love and that understanding of your culture, of your, of your upbringing, of your country, of all these different things that make you who you are, right? That's what gives you a perspective that's unique and that's actually interesting for people to want to collaborate on an artistic level or um, learn from on just like a listener level. Uh, and even visually, like as an artist, if, you, if you're getting into this career, you always hear like, you have to have like that identity or you have to like stand out or like what's your signature. And so much of that is who you are and like understanding yourself better allows you to like connect with others better. At this point in time, I don't think there's any like isolated culture. Like all cultures are intertwined somehow or another. Like even in the most remote regions of the world, there's like, there's hip hop, you know, like no matter where you go. And there's like people dancing to, to Gaia um, all over the world, right? And I, I think that, that that's such a cool and amazing thing that exists that allows you to have a really diverse palette and a unique palette, right? That your taste is going to be different from the person that you go to school with, for example. And I, I, I think that that if you draw from that and you really identify what makes you who you are, you can just become a lot more effective in your art a lot more clear and um, you'll stand out. So I, w I would recommend that. And it, in doing so, you end up connecting with the world. Let's talk a little bit about the, the future of Haitian music. Um, what, what do you think are the interesting fusions that have yet to come, but that would really take Haitian music to the next level in terms of with new genres or with other international artists? Are there any untapped sources that you think are of big potential? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Um, I love what Rabwada has been doing just sonically. <laughs> because I think it, it's taking the best parts of a lot of different genres and making it into something that's also distinctly Haitian, which is pretty cool. So I, I really love where that's going and like the interesting places that people like ND Beats are taking it. Being able to take something that's established or that you might know and then completely reinvent it or just give the opportunity for more people from different backgrounds to share their stories. These conversations, I think, are so important, uh, Mikhail, you know, to to talk about, you know, these things happening in Haiti. And that's why, you know, the show is called Reflexion, because thinking about how uh, things in our culture influence us as a people, influence our behaviors, the way we think, but also our future and how these different things can help to establish, you know, Haiti's authority and Haiti's contribution to, to culture and pushing Haiti forward and re uh, representing Haiti on an international level. Can you talk a bit about music's role in putting Haiti on the map? Yeah, I, I, I think that what's really interesting about music is that it seems to transcend any economic differences, race differences, cultural differences, a lot of the time language differences. It's able to, I, I mean, you, you have 
on I, I, the most iconic one that I can think of is like you have somebody that came from Jamaica, right? and that has a very different type of culture from probably what most of the world had ever seen at that point with locks and like very spiritual and growing up and then becoming Bob Marley and then being like one of the highest selling artists in the world, right? Like most successful of all time. It doesn't matter if you are from Norway or you're from the US or you're from like Japan or anywhere in between, right? Like you didn't have to look like Bob Marley to like Bob Marley. That, that's such a crazy concept to think about, right? Like you can have somebody like that at that time period, right? Which is a very turbulent time period around the world for race relations, for everything that was happening. And yet people have Bob Marley in the background bobbing along, you know, and like it has it has like a, almost like a disassociation from humanity in a way, which is very weird, but also very powerful. So music's role in being able to bridge the world is very important. It really does have the ability to bring all types of people together. And maybe there's there's a way to to be able to use that um, that energy and that that uh, just like intangible power to create good. So yeah, that's that's what I try to do with my music and with my career. Mikael, thank you so so much. Uh, you've, I mean, you you brought so much to this uh, conversation. Um, so much more than you know what me and Pascal could ever talk about on our own. So, want to thank you for taking the time to to rock with us. Tell us a bit about like what you're working on. What's coming up for you? What are some big things happening? coming up now I've just been really busy um, I'm in Brooklyn so it's been it was really intense at the beginning of the virus and then it really calmed down and it, was, uh, it seems like it's under control for at least now so which is nice so um, I'm lucky I have my studio and everything in my apartment which is very useful so that if I ever need to put some ideas down I don't have to go anywhere um, and I've been lucky I've been able to do these live streams continue to work working on productions for a lot of different albums and also my own stuff so uh, yeah, I've, I feel like I'm in the best place um, creatively, mentally, uh, and just everything feels good right now, which is um, where you want to be as an artist. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Thanks so much for being on with us, Mika. Really appreciate it. Wow, what a great conversation. Michael is one of the, the great minds in, in music in Haiti for sure. When you talk about music back in the day, you know, you needed much more people, you needed much more, you know, instruments and you needed all these things. And now you can have a guy in a room and he can make amazing music. He also mentioned like everything historical, like how it evolved from the Taino age of the music and, and the Africans coming over um, and keeping that, that culture of, of those rhythms and how that's carried on to today. Also extremely interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Reflexion. And don't forget to join us on the next episode. See you then. <laughs>